happy after Thanksgiving. It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. I have so much in my head that I really thought to myself, this will be a day where I'm just not able to record a podcast because I'm scrambled. I've got little pieces of everything jumbled up inside, and I'm not sure what's going to come out or what I don't feel I should talk about. I really am flying blindly here. No note cards in front of me, no bullet points. I'm just sitting here remembering the last few years and this last Thanksgiving. So bear with me. Normally I'm on target. Today, what you see is what you get. And we don't know. (laughs) We just don't know this outcome. I don't. So how would you? I've got questions about sex in my head. I've got family matters flying through one side of my brain to the other. I've got my own health issues that I'm a little worried about and maybe yours too. I have seen all of my children and their significant others, some getting married, some not. Spent a lot of time with my ex-husband during Thanksgiving because a lot of the kids are still living with him and we get along, no problems. I've got a girlfriend who's going through a lot medically, financially. I've got a friend that went MIA. He's been in my head. The decisions as to why I have dogs that I need to take care of versus how much do I love them. (laughs) When I tell you I... It's just mind-boggling. It probably gives new meaning to that term. Work. Do I really want to be there anymore? What are my options? Where is that guy that I've been looking for? Or is he right in front of me and I just don't see things clearly anymore? I don't even know where to begin with all of that. I've given a great amount of thought to my parents. Did I do right by them? Did I offered to be the executor of my mom's estate at the last minute to make sure that she did have a DNR signed? Was it purely selfish? Okay, let me reel myself in and start with Thanksgiving. It was wonderful. God, I hope yours was too. There are so many of us that spend it alone, which I don't even understand because many, a friend of mine has two children, And every year, he spends it on his own. He doesn't even enjoy their family. This year, I pretty much pushed him and said, this is your son and daughter. They've got kids. One of them has a beautiful girlfriend. Why would you choose to spend Thanksgiving alone? So he did. He went and he spent it with his daughter. And then he saw his son the next day. And I felt like, all right, I contributed a little bit to the world that day. But my family, there were all five of my kids, my ex-husband, myself, three boyfriends, and six dogs. Chaos with a capital K. I know it's spelled with a C, but it just sounded better. But what we do, one of our family traditions is to go around the table as we eat and each one individually say what they're grateful for. And this was a tough year. 
between me having ovarian cancer that just doesn't seem to want to go away, but I'm in remission quite a bit too, so I take it with a grain of salt on the outside, and yet I feel like a walking target on the inside. But then I look at my daughter, who's on her 13th or 14th round of chemo, who was just dealt another bad hand where they said she's got another tumor in the same breast. So they increased to another type of chemo to add on to the original. But what are we thankful for? That she caught it. Because who knows if she didn't. And so as we each went around the table and talked about what we were grateful for, and every single one sounded literate, heartfelt, well thought out, even though it was spur of the moment. I mean, they are of my genetics. Even the boyfriends never missed a beat. Everyone was in tune with each other that sat at that table. As we ate, it wasn't just sitting with your hands on your lap and looking at that food that you wish you could eat. It was very casual and warm and real. And it got to be my daughter's turn. And she pulls out papers. And I said to her, you can't use notes. She turned and she looked at me and she said, Mom, I have so much to be grateful for this year. I couldn't possibly, with having all this chemo inside of me, remember the parts that I'm grateful for and who has done what and how that one or this one has impacted my life. And man, she choked me up. She started to read and read and look at us and cry as she read. And there wasn't a dry eye at the table. Everything was perfect. She gave props to each person that did this or did that. She looked them directly in the eye. I know you must know because there has to have been someone in your life, if not yourself, that has been confronted by some horrible catastrophic disease or health problem or accident. And what it does is it makes you just appreciate what you've got. So much so that where you might have been introverted before, you are now willing to speak and say not just what's on your mind, but what's in your heart. We didn't fight once. <laughs> None of us. Not one argument. We're talking 10 people together all the time with six lunatic dogs. That's a miracle in itself. I kept waiting because she started this new carboplatin drug. And I've been on that drug and I know that it made me sick. So every day that went by while I was there, I kept watching her for signs of illness or fatigue or nausea. And man, she was a trooper. She was fatigued, but that was it. I think it's because she's been through the worst chemo to begin with for the first six rounds. And this is all just a piece of cake for her at this point, if there is such a thing with regards to cancer. My four daughters and myself went to see a couple that I have been friends with for years and years in their 80s. 
people that I have respected that I have known since I lived in New York that moved to Charlotte. And it was the first time that my kids have said, and they've only met them once or twice before years ago, first time they ever didn't argue or say, oh, mom, do we have to go? I was so surprised. Everybody was willing to do everything or anything I suggested or each other suggested. It was harmony. We went, we met with this couple. They're very elegant, wealthy people, but very Hamisha, which is a Yiddish term for heartfelt, heart-filled, opening their home to you, that kind of people. Also a bit eccentric, where he has been a collector of so many different things over the years that he's got rooms upstairs that are laden with things that you might see in a flea market from 1940 that are exquisite. And he had everything laid out in three bedrooms because they have decided that they're going to try and sell all of his collectibles and change the house into a normal house with extra bedrooms and an office. This happening in their mid-80s. His wife is a saint that she has let him keep his passion and all of his trinkets in those three rooms. But then again, she's a collector of Barbie dolls. She's got over a thousand Barbie dolls in the boxes, the original cases that she's also selling. So I guess in a way they're very similar. And it's just amazing to see a couple after I am the one that says, try and make it work. The first marriage is so hard to make happen. Talk to each other. Explain to each other what you're missing, what you need. And if it doesn't work, get out. And then I look at this couple who's married for 62 years. 62! That's older than me! And you! So, you know, there are exceptions to every rule. And I was grateful that my children got a chance to see that. Especially after all my preachings to them. Don't be embarrassed if you need to leave your partner. If you need a divorce, don't ever feel that I'm going to look down upon you. You do what you have to do. You make sure he's okay. You're okay. Just get out. That's me. And this is what I took them to see. She arranged a dining room setting for us with all china and gold utensils, clear teacups with a pot of tea and we all sat down and one of my children says, oh my God, we're at a real tea party. <laughs> and it was like the look of delight in their faces as she said this because they associate tea parties with fairy tales. And this was truly a fairy tale for them. A couple that has a million gifts upstairs that they were allowed to choose one thing each. And they refused to take anything until they saw all the rooms. <laughs> Where me, I walked into the first room and I saw these wooden hands with the fingers pointing up at different angles. And the hands were holding a little knife. And I said, that's what I want. Because I could just picture it on my living room table next to a little wooden angel that was given to me in one of the chemo wards. All of them picked their favorite and asked if they could choose for their boyfriends. 
And he was just so generous. You like that? Take that. It's yours. It's yours. Whatever you want, just take. In his New York way. But we sat there and we listened to this couple talk. And story after story came out of their mouths. And as only people that are married for 62 years can do, one would start the story, one would interject, the other one would interject, and the other would finish. Every story was told by both. And they knew their parts so well. (laughs) It was tremendous. And when we left, my kids thanked me for taking them generations sat at that table. These are sort of like my surrogate parents that aren't here anymore. And they always were, but not to the extreme that I feel now. But we had the 20s, we had my generation, and then we had 85 years old. And every one of us related to the other. So basically, humanity runs like a stream over some pebbles now and again. But good people recognize good people, no matter how old. That was a great life lesson for all of us. I spent time with a girlfriend while I was there. This is another question in my head. When do women, the average woman, I should say, when does she stop having sex be one of the most higher points on her want list in a man. Now, I met with my girlfriend who's older than me, but looks 20 years younger. She's 70. And I asked her, are you seeing anybody? No. I said, why not? She goes, because they're all like good old boys. And I'm not going to settle for a good old boy. I said, you know, you belong in New York. She says, I know. And she is attitudinal, but real. And if she says something that's off color, it's only because it's what's in her mind and she's not meaning you any harm. She just wants what she wants without having to make you work too hard just to do your job that you should know how to do. For instance, we meet at some bar that she picked out and I know her taste. I walk in, I look around, this is like a dive. And I said to the bartender, as only I could say, um, is this the corner bar in whatever city it was? And they said, yes, ma'am, it is. And I looked around again. I said, can you just tell me, is this the right address? (laughs) You know, like I'm coming in a different angle now. I'm still trying to be nice. And the girl says, yes, this is where you are. It's the only corner bar around that we know of. And I've been working here for five years. And I sat down at the bar and I said, well, it's just that I'm supposed to meet my girlfriend at the corner bar and I know her and this is not the kind of place that she would want to meet at. Like she likes padded seats, elegant bars, beautiful lighting, you know, that kind of place. And when I said it, I looked at the bartender and I said, I mean no disrespect. It's just... I want to make sure I'm not in the wrong place so I don't miss her. Well, the next thing you know, here comes my girlfriend, like gangbusters. Hi, And the bartender yells out, hey. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's a regular here. I just missed this whole thing. She sits down beside me with a big smile on her face. 
70 looking 50. And she says to me, you look fantastic. And I said, wait a minute. You know this place? You chose this place? She says, I've never been in this place in my life. She says, it was just something I found on the GPS that was close to you that I could come and see you and I didn't know anything about it. She says, now, are we going to have a drink or should we go somewhere else? (laughs) I said, let's have a drink. (laughs) So they bring us martinis in these short glasses with the fat bottoms, you know, the kind I'm talking about. And she looks at the drink and I can just see her looking down her nose at the drink. Anyway, we we had our drink and I said to her, before the bartender comes over here, are we staying for another or should we go somewhere else? She says, we are absolutely getting out of here. So she says, watch this. She goes to the bartender and she says, hey, y'all, we're looking for some place that has really good food. Any place around here that you might be able to refer to us? You know, someplace a little more upscale that has nice dinners. And the bartender says, yeah, there's a place called Harry's right around the corner. You can walk there. She goes, thank you, darling. Thank you. She looks at me and she gives me one of those little smirks. See, like that. We pay, we leave, we walk across. I look in the window. I said to her, it is the same freaking bar. Wooden with the wood seats, with the TVs. I said, it's the same shit. I said, but it's freezing out and I'm not going to find my car and traipse all over the place trying to find somewhere else because neither one of us know this town and we could be driving forever. So we sit down. She says to the bartender, we would like two martinis, but... And she holds her finger up and the bartender takes a step back. Like, what? I want to know if you have real martini glasses bartender looks at her like she's crazy, of course. And I burst out laughing. I said to the bartender, pay her no mind. Let us just see your martini glass. So she holds up a real martini glass. She goes, is this what you mean? And my girlfriend says, absolutely, darling. That is exactly what I was talking about. (laughs) Then she proceeds to tell the bartender, as she always does. Now, what we really want is gray goose. Forget all about the vermouth. We want the real vodka and throw in a couple olives and make sure you shake that thing. And I jumped in and I said 29 times as she said it, because that's the way she drinks her drink. (laughs) It was a pleasure, pleasure to meet with her again, see her again. It's been a while. Made me remember that I'm not the only strong woman out there. Man, she puts me to shame. That's what you need. Every once in a while is a dose of my girlfriends. That'll make your eyes pop out of your head. But seriously, getting back to that sort of question that I asked, I asked her at age 70, how far up on your priority list is sex when you meet a man? She goes, it's not even within my radar. She says, I don't care about sex anymore. I looked at her like I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm not that far behind her. And sex is top of list for me. And then I so badly wanted to ask my daughters, you know, are you guys sexual or is sex really important to you? Like, I want to know if they're like me, but I can't and I won't. 
I would never make them uncomfortable like that, but I really, truly would love to know that answer. Because they're all sexy girls. I just want to make sure that it's not just for show. You know? But how about you? In your 50s or in your 60s, where is it on your list of wants and not so important things? Mine is like number one. I, I, I can't explain it. It's like that feeling if I have a guy that knows exactly how to treat me in the bedroom, then it's like I'm his. I'm meant for him, and he's meant for me. Is that ridiculous? I just don't know anymore. Yes, yes, yes. Honesty, integrity, having a great job, being self-supportive, wanting to help me, having somebody help you, my friends. All of those things matter. Being in shape, taking care of yourself. But sex, it's highly important to me. I almost wish it wasn't. It's a deterrent. Because let's face it, there's a lot of men our age that can't meet the standards that they used to meet. They have ED or they just don't remember what to do because it's been so long or they're afraid or they're nervous. I I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to make anybody nervous. I'm a lot of fun when it comes to sex and, and seduction and playing and teasing. And I just think that that's so important in a relationship, no matter how old. But then again, I'm not 70. So I don't know. I don't know if she was always like that. That's a question I should have asked her. Have you always had it not be a priority? I need to ask her that question. Just out of the blue, someday. Maybe it's just women that are highly sexual throughout their whole lives that stay that way. And then women that have not had that as a main source of being just continue on that pattern. Just one of those questions that haunts me. I don't know if there's something wrong with me if I'm expecting too much or if I'm living in a fairy tale world. When I tell you that these are only a few of the things that have been in my head for the last week, so jumbled, as I said, that I didn't even know if I'd be able to talk about them. And there are so many more things. I think what I'm going to do is kind of get myself together for the next podcast. Or maybe I'll find some guy that just wants to talk about what's going on in his head at this stage in life about sex. I think that would be very interesting to hear a man's perspective, right? I'm going to do that. I'm just going to find some random dude and say, yo, dude, (laughs) I want to talk to you about sex. Is that okay? Like maybe I'll make a phony phone call or something. Remember when we used to do that as kids? I'll just call some guy like I did with cold calling. And I'll ask him, do you mind if we have a conversation? This is really what I'm thinking of doing. Why do I have to know somebody to have this conversation? Wouldn't it even be more poignant if it was a stranger that had no idea of what my background was? That would be a hoot. And the truth. (laughs) If I could find the right guy. When I set my sights on something, I usually follow through. So stay tuned. It's Robin Marshall. I'm so happy that you joined me. They call me Sugar Mom. I do hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you enjoyed your family. 
and that everyone in your family is healthy, as I hope for mine next year. Find me right here on iTunes. Leave me a comment. Throw me a star. Let me know you've been here. Makes me feel good. Makes me happy. Much love to you all. Talk to you next week. It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. (laughs) 